Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let me turn to somebody. Uh, we always value the opportunity to speak with Matthew Fisher. He knows of what he speaks. He understands the world and the dynamics that, of what happens in the world and the operations that take place and what happens behind the scenes far better than most people I know. 35-year foreign correspondent. He's witnessed 20 conflicts, resident visiting scholar on foreign and military policy at Massey College, global news contributor, and uh, his Twitter handle is mfisheroverseas, at mfisheroverseas. Matthew, thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. Let's start with this claim by Iran that uh, initially they said they hadn't shot down the plane, and, and now they're saying they did and it was accidental. Then I had my my email from the former airline captain. Are you surprised at Iran first denying, then admitting, but blaming, uh, essentially seeming initially to blame the, air, the, the plane's crew for straying into sensitive military zone just after takeoff? What do you make of this? Well, uh, I think the biggest surprise today is that they finally did admit that they were responsible. I was not surprised that Iran said it was not responsible initially because uh, that tends to be what authoritarian regimes do whenever faced with uh, this kind of problem, and uh, they do not tend to investigate thoroughly. I think their hand was really forced by what U.S. intelligence had come up with. Uh, and the Americans have a tremendous capability. It's an astonishing capability. I've only seen a little bit of it, Roy, but to see when missiles are launched, what their telemetry is, to the second where they went, or at what angles. They also have signals communications, uh, access to uh, communications on the ground. Uh, I think people would be shocked at the ability to intercept things on the ground from aircraft if you're having a conversation with your wife. They have that kind of capability, too. And uh, I think all of this uh, forced Iran uh, to admit things, also because there's a domestic element to this. And people in Iran were demanding to know answers, too, because most of the people died, uh, the Canadians who died have Iranian connections, and the other passengers on board did. So well more than 100 Iranians, if you like, uh, died. And, and already we have seen today in Iran uh, street protests calling the government out as liars. So uh, perhaps to forestall those kind of protests or um, undermine them or, or limit them, uh, they did this. It's complicated, I'm sure, why they've come forward as they have, but uh, they will definitely have their reasons, Roy. Is there going to be now, do you think, a greater international interest in holding the Iranian government to account for all of its activities, all of its actions? Is there going to be a greater focus on them? Because, you know, in November and December, there were mass protests inside Iran against the regime, particularly by young uh, unemployed people, and we know of stories of, uh, of, of security forces firing on and killing hundreds of, uh, allegedly killing hundreds of protesters. Uh, many of them found, we're told, and news accounts suggest, were found in marshes after the, uh, after the protest. 
Is that is this regime, uh, Matthew? Do you think in trouble internationally and internally in the country? I would. I am not allowed to go to Iran. They won't give me a visa, so it's hard to say internally what's going on. I have very little personal information, but my hunch is that the threat to the Iranian regime is more internal than external. I think we still observe far too many diplomatic niceties, and by we, I mean the West uh, and the world community, with rogue regimes, with extremely authoritarian regimes. We literally let them get, get away with murder because they are governments, they're not individuals, and we don't hold them to account. I would love to think that's going to change now, but uh, I, I'm not so sure it will. But in Iran, as you've said, there have been protests. Well, an awful lot of the Iranian people uh, for decades have loathed their government. A lot of them have ended up in Canada and the United States, these people. Uh, but the power has always remained in the hands of the mullahs, and they are overwhelmingly hardline extremists who have an international ambition for the Shia uh, part of, of the Muslim faith, and that's why they've stirred up so much trouble in Iraq, in uh, Syria, uh, in Lebanon. And uh, I don't think that's going to stop until uh, they start to crumble more internally. And it will take really brave people because, as you alluded to, they treat protests uh, protesters ruthlessly. We're going to have a special guest on that uh, on tomorrow's show. Matthew, please hold on. We're going to come back with Matthew Fisher and speak some more and uh, talk to Matthew about the American engagement and involvement in President Trump, particularly with the president and his secretary of state, saying that attacks by the Soleimani-led uh, Quds force, which was a declared terrorist, is a declared terrorist organization, by the federal government of Canada, uh, and there's also a story on uh, globalnews.ca right now. The headline is, Unit headed by Iran's Qasem Soleimani armed Canada's enemies, former CSIS officials say. Stuart Bell and Andrew Russell wrote the story. In part, they write, Ellis, a former assistant director of operations at the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, CSIS, uh, says they were doing everything in their power to supply elements of the Afghan insurgency and terrorist organizations, although careful to hide their involvement, Quds Force operatives backed the armed extreme extremists to undermine the NATO-led International Security Assistance Force. Uh, he said, this being Ellis, it was difficult to know the extent of Soleimani's role in Afghanistan, where Canada lost more than 150 troops, many killed by improvised explosives, another 1,800 were wounded. But he said if the Quds Force was supplying the Taliban, Soleimani was likely involved. Quote, I would speculate that he had a role in supplying Canada's enemies and those enemies subsequently hurt Canadians. Matthew Fisher joins us, 35 years foreign correspondent, more than 20 conflicts, resident visiting scholar on foreign and military policy at Massey College, Global News online contributor. Follow Matthew on Twitter at MFisherOverseas. It's well worth your time. Um, I want to ask you about Trump. So let me do that first. I have some other questions for you. We're going to squeeze into a fairly short period of time. I hate the clock. It always does this to us. But as you well understand, um, Donald Trump's performance as president from the very beginning of this situation to where we are this week with the president saying, look, Soleimani and the Quds Force were planning uh, attacks 
and, uh, and then saying on four embassies, and that was uh, supported by the Secretary of State. Can't give you date, can't give you time, but we're telling you it's happening. You just told us, Matthew, that they have incredible ability to monitor intelligence, monitor traffic, verbal traffic, wherever it's taking place. Do they really, do they, look, respond to Trump and, and, and uh, Pompeo. Well, uh, the, we have been blaming Iran a lot, and uh, myself included, saying they're not very forthcoming. Uh, the United States, of course, is often not forthcoming about these things. We can go back to the Gulf of Tonkin resolution with uh, Lyndon Johnson and, uh, and uh, uh, or sorry, with John F. Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson and how the Americans uh, got into the Vietnam War uh, and uh, saying we expected an attack, so we attacked. Uh, we have had almost no information about this. I don't expect we're going to get much. And the Americans also must answer some questions about this specific incident uh, that is the shoot down of the airplane, not just the intelligence that caused them to uh, uh, to kill uh, the, the general uh, Qasem Soleimani. The Iranians have claimed yesterday and today again uh, that it was uh, the failure of communication between the battery crew and the command and control center that allowed the missile still to be launched. They say they couldn't communicate because their uh, radio traffic was jammed. Will the United States uh, say that it uh, was preventing all of this kind of thing, or will it say nothing? That's one thing the Americans uh, absolutely could make known. Will they reveal to us regarding this crash what air assets they had snooping over uh, Iran, uh, manned and unmanned uh, uh, aircraft uh, and how did this fit into the equation? Uh, will they tell us how many of the Iranian missile batteries were actually turned on trying to track for uh, uh, Americans? There, there's an awful lot that still must be answered also on the American side, and history tends to show that uh, the Americans are not very forthcoming about one heck of a lot of this stuff. But there's, there's no way to... Um to substantially uh, accuse and prove that they jammed uh, communications between the Iranians, uh, between Iranian units, and given the fact that the Iranians lied out at the outset about not having shot down the plane, everything they say from here on in is tainted. Well, of course, it is tainted. But it is also highly, highly likely that the Americans were jamming communications. And uh, when you're trying to find out exactly what happened in this crash, it would behoove the Americans also to be forthcoming. Uh, we tend to give the United States a, a lot of uh, uh, the benefit of the doubt in such situations, and I think mostly that is justified. The Americans are far more likely to tell the truth, for example, in my opinion and in my experience, than the Iranians will. But there are dark areas and gray areas, and when the United States does not go public, it always hides behind, this is operational security, OPSEC. We cannot reveal what our capabilities are. 
we cannot reveal what happened because it would help the enemy in the future. Some of that, of course, is true, absolutely true. But in an incident like this, I think people will want to be finding out second by second from the takeoff. That aircraft was only airborne less than two minutes. What happened within those two minutes and what do the Americans know about it, not just what the Iranians know about it? Um, in the in the few seconds we have left, how does this situation now, what's developing now, how does it compare to the 20 other conflicts that you covered on the ground? How would you, where does it rank? Is that a fair question? Well, it's absolutely a fair question. It's way, way down the list. Um, it's right now not so much a conflict as an exchange and often just incendiary words. Uh, but the worry, the reason it has so much attention is because it is a slippery slope. Okay. And if things go up between the Sunnis and Shias, if they go up between the Gulf states and, and Iran, if Israel gets into it with the United States, right. uh, particularly regarding the nuclear programs that okay. Iran has, Sorry, Matthew. then, of course, I should, something of I, sh- I shouldn't, Matthew, I shouldn't have asked the last question because I really didn't have time to give you for the answer. But you gave us much of an answer. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for the time. Oh, thank you, Ron. Matthew Fisher, a contributor to uh, Global News. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.